Good morning. Welcome to Prodigal Church. Uh, week two of our Questioning God series. Uh, if you did not get an email from me this week, uh, we don't have your email. And uh, I sent out some kind of important stuff. And so uh, you can fill out that connect card and say, add me, uh, and we'll make that happen. Also, next week is Baptism Sunday. I don't know if you've been around for any of our baptism services. They're a ton of fun. There's going to be some water up in here. And uh, it's going to get loud and some great stories and life change and celebration. So we encourage you to come. Also, if you are interested in baptism, um, if you've never been baptized, I want to just encourage you to do so. Uh, we have this example in Jesus, uh, and it is the proclamation of what's already taken place inside, right? We die to ourselves and we have new, raised to new life in Jesus. Uh, the way we like to put it is it's the death certificate to the old life and the birth certificate to the new life. You don't have to have a birth certificate to, to, to be alive. Uh, but it does make it official. It tells the world, hey, I'm alive. And, uh, and so that is what baptism is for us. We proclaim Jesus. And then lastly, our women's event is tonight. And because you guys are the first service, what you guys can do is this. You can, uh, right after this, go and buy some supplies that are on our items needed that we're donating to the Ronald McDonald House. Grab one of these bookmarks on your way out. Go to Walgreens, go to Walmart, go to wherever. Pick up some of those items and then come back even before second service is over and you can just drop them off. Uh, that would be a great blessing. Also, if you're a woman, you're going to want to go to this. Five to seven tonight in this room right over here. You're going to have an absolute blast and the food's delicious. All right. <clears throat> this is a $20 bill right here. Okay, uh, just like every other $20 bill, except for it's in my hand, you can probably buy lunch with this, maybe one gallon of gas with this 20. <laughs> um, raise your hand if you would like 20 extra dollars right now. Just raise your hand. Don't, don't try and be spiritual, okay? <laughs> it's not a trick. Okay, everybody, pretty much everybody. Okay, now let me, real, let me pause real fast. Money can be hazardous to your health, okay? Two medical researchers at the University of Louisville found that 13% of all coins and 42% of all paper money contain disease producing organisms. Anybody still want this 20? Everybody, okay? Got you. Thank you for being honest. That's amazing. We, we hold up money to be the cure all for everything. I wouldn't be stressed out if I just had some more money. Uh, I wouldn't be unhappy if my checking account had a few extra zeros in it. Billy Graham said this, tell me what you think about money and I'll tell you what you think about God. God asks a lot of, to us about our money in the scriptures. And so this morning, the question that God asks us goes be below the surface level and it permeates the deepest parts of who we are. It's found in Matthew chapter 16. It says this, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Whenever I heard this verse growing up, I was convinced that all it had to do with was about heaven and hell. Like it was about the future, some other time, um, as if some rich, rich person who lived, you know, pretty greedy, he would get to the pearly gates and he would try and slip St. Peter some Benjamins, as if to say, this should be enough, you know, to let me in. And that could be part of it, but I think the question is more earthly than that. Could it be that we're losing our soul every day to the love of money? 
that when we live our life for love of money and wealth, we're actually giving a piece of the deepest parts of who we are away. Whenever people talk about money, especially in the church, some of us get a bit itchy or sneezy. It's like a defense mechanism. We have a religious allergy to Christians talking about money. Why? Because we've seen abuses of this in the past, and it makes us uncomfortable. It could be because of a religious allergy. We've seen church people just become all about the Benjamins. That could be the, the reason you're getting a little itchy right now. Um, or it could be because of how deep down we know we all have an issue with money. So we get a little itchy. So if someone sneezes in here this morning, it's probably because what I had just said is now hitting home. But let's call a spade a spade, right? Questioning our habits around money is hard. Because often our giving, our generosity, is the three S's. It's sporadic, it's spontaneous, and it's sparing. It's sporadic. We do it, but we shouldn't do it consistently. There's a bit of randomness to it. Number two, spontaneous. So we see the homeless guy on Blackstone and Nice. We're at a charity event. We give something. Everyone else seems to be giving, so I should give too. Or it's sparing. We don't let it really affect our lifestyle. Is this you when it comes to generosity? Oh, God bless you. It's hitting home. For many of us, This is what our generosity looks like. And listen, that's wonderful because no matter how you give or how often you give or how little or how much you give, it is a beautiful, godly, Christ-honoring thing. But giving sporadically, spontaneously, and sparingly won't move us to become generous people. And God wants us to be generous people. And so this morning, we're going to see how Jesus moves us from sporadic, spontaneous, sparing to priority, percentage, and planned. Priority. Priority. Giving should be the first thing that we do when we get our paycheck. Generous people give it before they consume it. Uh, The key to generosity isn't just giving more. The principle is this in the scriptures. You give the first and the rest is blessed. And here's the blessing. You're freed from the hold that money has on you. That's the blessing. When you give, you're blessed. Now, I'm not a health and wealth kind of gospel preacher. If you've been here any amount of time, you know this. Okay? There are times when God supernaturally intervenes and it, you're blessed financially in ways that you can only say, God bless us. Praise God. That's great. And then there are other times where that doesn't happen. You give sacrificially and you're still broke. That happens too. Okay? Just because you give money to the church or you give money to God or you give money to charity doesn't mean your bank account will be magically and mysteriously refilled or that you're going to get some other kind of supernatural financial blessing. Sometimes that happens. That's great. But the blessing that I'm referring to, when I say you, you give the first and the rest is blessed, I'm saying the blessing is the freedom from the desire for more and it's helping others. That's, that's, it's advancing God's kingdom. That's the blessing. For many of us, Money has us all by the neck. It chokes us. We lose sleep over it. And God has only given us one cure for the hold, the noose that money has on our neck. There's only one cure. I have looked and tried to find other cures for the hold that money has on me. The only cure is giving it away. That's it. It's giving it away. And this principle of the first, of doing it first, is woven throughout Scripture. Exodus 23 says this, As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest 
to the house of the Lord your God. God says when you have an animal and that animal has another one, it's the first that needs to be sacrificed because that takes faith. God didn't say wait until your animal has 10 animals and then pick one and give it to the Lord. No, that's like saying I'll start tithing whenever I'm out of my current circumstances. There is never a convenient time to start tithing. Never. It is always inconvenient to give away money. It's never convenient. You're like, yeah, I'd give away some money today. No, it's inconvenient. Secondly, percentage. The Bible gives us a percentage to help us. It says this in Leviticus 27, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Tithing is giving away 10% of your income to the purposes of God. 10% levels the playing field so that everyone can give. If you can't do 10%, uh, pick another percentage, but do it beforehand. You might be saying, you know what? I want to be generous and stuff, but 10% scares me, so 2%, maybe 4%. You know, 3 and 7, those are good Bible numbers. I'm going to choose 3%, okay? 40 is also a good Bible number, <laughs> but we'll stick with 3, okay? Start with 3, and then have a plan to work your way to be able to give above and beyond that. Pick a percentage. But it's not just 10% that's a tithe. It's the first 10%. It takes faith. It's, it, it's the first 10% and then pay the bills, not pay the bills. And if you have enough extra, then you tithe. No, it's the first. God should always be first. That's the principle that's driven home throughout the scriptures. Tithe must be first. So let's get really practical. Let's say that you have a business, okay? And your business is ironing. I hate ironing. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, but I hire you. I hire your company to go and do all of my ironing. And so you pull out the board, and then you have to fill the thing with water. Why is it always empty? Like, you know you left water in it before, but then you fill it back up, and you start ironing, and you're, how do your clothes get so wrinkly? <laughs> like, do they stay too long in the bath? And like, I'm convinced Satan goes into my, like, closet and just wrinkles all my shirts, and then just laughs. I hate ironing. So, I hire you your ironing business to iron my clothes. And after all the equipment and the products and everything, your profit is $100. So I hand you 10 $10 bills, okay? 10 $10 bills. How much is a tithe? 10 $10, okay? Which of the $10 bills is the tithe? The first one. Well, how do you know which one's the first? It's the first one that leaves your hand. It's the first that leaves your hand. It's the first one you spend. So you get home, you got your $100, and you're like, okay, I'm going to pay off that bill with this one. This one goes here. And at the end of the line, you don't have enough for generosity to God. Or maybe you do, and you finally go, okay, and here's the 10 for God. That might be a 10, but it's not a tithe. A tithe is the first tenth. It's about being first. What releases the blessing is not the amount. It's the order. It's the faith it takes. What are your priorities with your money? The principle in Exodus is that when you give to God, he blesses it. Don't give first of your money to the mortgage company. They don't have the power to bless you. God does. It's a principle. Don't get legalistic about this, okay? I get my paycheck. I'm getting ready to send a tithe in. And then Sarah is at the grocery store at the same time. And she spends some of it first. Great, now we're cursed, babe. Because you wanted to buy blueberry Belvitas. Our money's cursed. Belvita can't bless us. Savar can't bless us. No, it's a principle. Belvitas are delicious, by the way. 
It's a principle, not a law. Now, there are some pastors in churches that will interpret these passages of Scripture to say that 10% has to go to the local church. I am not one of those pastors. We are not one of those churches. Give to what you believe in. Give to what will outlive you. Give to the kingdom purposes of God. You don't have to give to prodigal church. Give to the cause of justice in our world. Give out of love. It sets our hearts free. I once read this. What you keep is all you have. What you give, God can multiply. I agree. Give to the purposes of God. Give to something you believe in. Give to something bigger than yourself. We have, and I just want to say this. Um, when it comes to finances in prodigal church, I don't look. I don't know. We have a financial administrator, so you write a check to the church. Great. I won't know. I'll know the bottom line. I'll know what we have in and what we send out, our, our income and our expenses, but I don't know who gives. Uh, so if you think, you know, I'm going to be really, you know, I'm going to get an extra spiritual blessing from John because uh, I gave an extra a little bit. I'm not going to know at all. And if you don't give at all, I'm not going to know at all. Okay? Uh, and so I'd want to say this, though. I know this. We've been, we've been a church for over two years. And we've never missed a payment on, on our facilities. Um, our staff has always been paid. Our bills have always been paid. And we have zero debt. It's because we have generous people in our church. And so give yourselves a round of applause. Praise God. And we're able to do all kinds of stuff with money. We're able to give away money to Southeastern Africa, to our city, to put on a trunk-or-treat event where 4,000 people come. It's because of the generous people like you. So thank you. All right, last. Planned. Planned. Priority, percentage, planned. You gotta have a plan. Don't be like the husband who forgot his wife an wife's anniversary and forgot it all together. And needs to say he was in big trouble. She was furious. She kind of threw clenched teeth. She told him, the only way you can make this up for me is to get me a really good present. Tomorrow morning, I better find in our driveway a present that goes zero to 200 in less than six seconds. So he didn't sleep a wink that night. She woke up. He was long gone before that. He had already gone to work. And she goes to the driveway and she sees a little present. She thinks it's got to be a key or some sort. <laughs> she opens a bathroom scale, but she got what she wanted. It goes zero to 200 in less than six seconds, okay? <laughs> okay, now, the husband's funeral was scheduled two days later. Um, <laughs> You gotta have a plan. Here's my encouragement. Here's my encouragement to you. Automate your giving. Automate your giving. Um, with whatever organization, whatever church, automate your giving. Uh, this is helpful in lots of ways. Here, at our, on our own website, you can do this. Um, something that Sarah and I have done. Uh, when writing a check each month is hard. And so uh, you can say recurring. It'll come out this date per month from this account. And it, it happens every, every single month or bi-weekly, whatever it is. Writing a check is hard. First of all, you have to find your checkbook. It's hard to do, okay? Those are becoming, you know, uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> now, uh, not only is it hard because you have to find your checkbook, but you have to find a pen, and then the pen that you do find, like, works for, like, the first letter, and then it's just like you're in engraving the check. Writing a check is hard, but not because of the ink. It's because that the money that you're writing the check could go to so many other things. <laughs> Bless you. 
It could go to countless other things, and that's why it's hard. It's not because you have to find the checkbook or the pen won't work. It's because we know that if we're sending this money and giving this away, we don't get to use it for X, Y, and Z. It's hard. But when you automate your giving, it helps you prioritize generosity. Plus, it, my financial administrator tells me it's very helpful for us to, for us to plan what, what we know is coming in. Uh, so, we encourage you to automate your giving. Now, there are lots of questions that God asks his people about money. Particularly in the prophets. Look at this passage in Haggai. This is especially poignant. He says this, Is it time for you, you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? And then the Italian prophet Malachi, uh, Malachi 3 says this, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for it, to store it. God says, test me in this. I, Sarah and I have seen that this is proven to be true. It, it is better when we give. It is better when we're consistent and we're faithful in giving. And we're generous. So like, it's not just, you know, a, t- a 10%, but it's, we're generous to people. Like, we're taking someone who's going through a difficult time, we're bringing them food. We're, we're, we're buying them lunch. We're taking them out to lunch. We're surprising people. These are amazing ways to be generous, and God desires that for us. God asks us so many questions because he knows how alluring money is. He asks these questions because he knows that the only way to release the grip that money has on us is to give it away. Now, I just spent the last 15 minutes talking about priority, percentage, and plan. And I am convinced that God does work through that, through planning, through preparation. It's why I don't come up here and wing it and go, I just let the Spirit lead me, and I just come up here and just say a bunch of stuff. No, we're spending hours and hours and hours studying, um, researching, digging in, memorizing. That's what the band does too. They spend hours practicing, preparing. We don't just come up here and wing it. God works through preparation. We really believe that. But there are times when we should listen to the Spirit and be spontaneous. Four weeks ago, Four weeks ago, here at the church, we were getting ready for our trunk or treat event where we spend lots of money and bless the community. And we do not make any money from that event. Okay? My financial administrator has told us numerous times we don't make any money from that event. Uh, And so we're getting ready for all that. And I had someone come up to me after a church on a Sunday. And I've, I have seen this and heard this happen to other pastors, other churches. It's never happened to me. Never happened to me, never happened to my church. Someone comes up to, to me and goes, Pastor, I, I feel like God wants us to give you guys, like, our truck. Give the church our truck. And I go, uh, like, you should go home and talk to your family about it. You should pray about it. My number's on the website. You can give me a call in the middle of the week. Like, People can maybe get emotions, get stirred up at church, and then they want to make an impulsive decision. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, go home, pray about it. Like, spend some time. No big deal. If I hear from you, great. If I don't, no big deal. 
She texted me that afternoon. She said, my mind is not going to change. This is not like me. I think God wants us to give you our truck. Um, when can you sign the papers? And I was like, let's talk later this week. And we signed the papers. And they get donated a truck that's been extremely helpful for our church. Um, it, it freed up other uh, money for our church to be able to spend and do ministry, and God provided just amazing ways. And so sometimes that's not planned. You're not prepared. That's sporadic, and yet it's definitely spirit-filled. And what an incredible blessing that family was to us in our church. And I'll, I'll close with this story. Pastor uh, of a church in Kansas City, Adam Hamilton, um, he tells the story of one of his families going, uh, his family going on a family vacation. And he's got two young daughters. They were just kids. And so the trip actually begins on his birthday. And so he told everyone, I want to take this walk around the lake with my girls, my daughters and my wife, and we'll sit and watch the sunset. That's what I want to do. And so they're going to stay the night there. So he and his wife told his daughters, all right, girls, you get $20 to spend on this vacation, on souvenirs or whatever. That's it. Okay, this is a while back, probably 20 years ago. $20 goes a lot farther. Uh, and so he goes, I'm giving you $20. So they pull up to the lake, and there's a gift shop at this lake. And his daughter, Rebecca, said, Dad, there's a gift shop. Let's go in. This is the first day of vacation. They're going to do all kinds of fun things with lots of fun things to buy. And uh, he says, Rebecca, I just, I really want to go for a walk around the lake. It's, it's my birthday. There's going to be lots of gift shops tomorrow. She's like, please, Dad. Okay, but let's not take forever. So his daughter starts trying on hats. She's nine. Dad, you like this one? Dad, you like this one? Yeah, they're great, honey. Let's go. So she picks one out, and he goes, okay, what's the price? And the guy says, $20. And he goes, Rebecca, no, 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 I'm your dad, okay? You cannot have this hat. It's $20. That's what you have for this entire week. You cannot get this hat. And she goes, Dad, is it my $20 or your $20? <laughs> well, it, it's yours, Rebecca, but listen to me, little girl. If you spend your $20 right now, you're not getting a dime from mom and I the rest of the vacation. Not one penny. Do you understand me? I understand you, Dad. This is the first night. There's going to be lots of really, really cool things that you can buy in the future. Yes, Dad, I know. It's my money. I want to buy this hat. Dad, do you like the hat? Yeah, I, I like the hat. Here's her 20. Gives her the 20. She buys the hat. And she's happy. She's skipping along. They're walking around the lake. And they pull up like on this, this bench, kind of watching the sunset. Time kind of goes by a little bit. And she says one more time, Dad, do you like my hat? And he says, Honey, I, I, want, I like the hat, but let me just tell you one more time. You're not going to get one cent because you blew your money at the first gift shop. So this whole vacation, you're not going to get one more. I know, Daddy. Don't worry. I won't ask for another cent. And watching the sunset. It's pitch, pitch, picturesque, beautiful sunset. The cicadas are big and loud noises. They can see some fireflies around the lake. And one of his sassy daughter says, Dad, you like my hat? He says, Becca, I love your hat. It's great. She said, good, <clears throat> because I bought it for you, Dad. Happy birthday. She says, I don't want any more money. I just wanted to buy you something nice on your birthday. He said he wore that hat for, for every day for months. And then eventually he said it's too valuable. 
So now he keeps it on his dresser as a constant reminder of the time his nine-year-old daughter thought more about her love for her dad than she did about buying things for herself. That is what generosity is about. It's not about the church paying the light bill. Your giving is not about the church needing money so that we can make it. You are offering something to God that the world says is the most important thing and that you feel drawn to hold on to really tightly. And you're saying, Father, you matter more to me than this. And I love you. And this is one small way that I can show you that. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? It's a heart-piercing question that we've all got to wrestle with. We're all guilty of losing sleep over money. We're all guilty of having that noose, that chokehold that money has on us. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, the only way to get rid of that, that desire for us to hold onto it and acquire more and think that that's the cure-all for everything, the only way, the only cure is to give it away. It's to give it away. So find ways to be generous this week. God, I pray that we would, we would give, we would be generous, that we would become generous people that even just Sunday afternoon, we go to lunch. I pray, that, I pray that we're great tippers. I pray that the businesses in this area love Prodigal Church because we're generous. I pray, God, that, um, that we're generous with our family, that we're generous with our time, that we're generous with our resources. God, I pray that we show an example to our children that we, we trust God with our money that God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And so God, we thank you for your provision for us. And we ask God that you would help us to become more giving, more loving, more self-sacrificing, knowing that you're more important than something that is so alluring. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? We declare the love of God together.